This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Today's episode is about a really important topic. As a matter of fact, it's so important, I bumped today's original question in order to address it. I got a beautiful heartfelt note from a previous member who lives near Christchurch in New Zealand, and I found her question so compelling and timely that I wanted to answer it right away. And honestly, I'm not sure I'm going to make it through this episode without crying. I may have to edit out some of these parts. And actually, my graphic designer, Ashley, who's really a Jill of all trades because she does so much more than just graphic design for this company, she edits the podcast, and so she's had to edit out me tearing up on episodes in the past, as well as me yelling at my dogs when they bark in the middle of my recording. So before I get to this question, I do want to let parents know this is a very heavy subject. I am going to be talking a little bit about the tragedy in Trice Church as Rachel talks about it in her letter, and so you may not want your kids to hear this. This may be a topic you want to bring up in age-appropriate ways at a later time and when you have some of the resources that I do mention later on in the podcast. I also will get more personal with sharing some of my own experiences. Now, these are things I rarely share with anyone except my closest, most intimate friends let alone broadcast it out to the world. So it's definitely a step out of my comfort zone, but I hope to share in a way that bridges understanding and not come across 
in any kind of way as any kind of soapbox. So please take it in the spirit in which it's intended, which is to help bring some awareness and understanding to what it is like to live as a minority. So now I'm going to get to Rachel's question. So again, if you have younger kids listening who don't know about what happened, you probably want to turn this off and listen later or put some headphones on. So Rachel wrote to me and said, Hi Erin, if you have not heard, Christchurch, the largest city in the South Island of New Zealand, was subject to a terrorist attack on Friday the 15th of March. The attacker was a white supremacist. He took the lives of Muslims during their afternoon prayer, injuring and killing men, women, and children. Our country has an empathetic and strong leader who is working out how to support the families affected in this horrific situation, as well as ensuring our laws will be changed to prevent this ever happening again. My children, nearly four, two, and six months old, do not know of the tragedy. The incident was a one-hour drive from where I live, and although my husband's work was, like everywhere else in the city, under lockdown, they were at home with me just having a normal day. I have never thought much about religion. My husband and I do not belong to any religion, and to be completely honest, I actually do not even know the religious beliefs of almost all of my friends. To me, it's not important as long as you are treating other people and animals with kindness and respect. I believe it's up to you if you choose religion and who and how you choose to worship. But this terror attack has got me worried about my kids and what is the best way to teach them about other cultures, religions, diversity, and respect. We live rurally, and so we do not have a lot of preschool or school choices, so there are opportunities to make friends with kids of other ethnicities and backgrounds is limited. I myself do not speak other languages, so other than the few Te Reo Maori songs I learned as a child at primary school, I don't know any others to sing our kids. Is there a good resource for songs and books for introducing young children to different cultures and beliefs? Is this a silly question? What can we do as parents? So I wrote Rachel back right away. Well, as soon as I got it, since it was actually in the middle of the night here when she sent it. But I let her know her question is so important that I'm putting it on today's episode. You know, I think most of us want for the world and for our kids what I want for mine. And that is a world that's safe to be who you are, who they are, to take their own journey with opportunities for everyone to be able to do just this, explore their interests and take that journey without fear of retribution just by being who we are. So first I'm gonna share a bit of my personal experience and then share ways that we have worked to teach our kids about acceptance, inclusion, tolerance, and even curiosity in our home and give a nice list of things that you can do to teach these as part of your family values. And I know how tough it is being a parent and just teaching our kids the basics of behavior and expectation, academics, building their talents and skills, and this is just another area. But these are things that we do anyway as parents. And so if we can bring in some diversity and teach some tolerance while we're doing these things, it's all the better. And I don't take my job as a parent lightly, obviously. And it's up to us as the current generation of parents to help our kids make the world a kinder, more accepting place for everyone. I know, kumbaya, right? But seriously, peace starts with me and extends with my children. I have no bigger influence on the future of the world than through my children, and so I take this responsibility very seriously. So I shared several episodes back a little bit about my own spiritual journey, how I grew up with atheist parents celebrating Western holidays in a very secular manner. But despite no exposure, I always had a deeper connection to or feeling that there was something bigger than myself. 
As I got older, I explored many different spiritual systems, and when I found Judaism, Reform Judaism in particular, I found home. It connected with me like nothing else ever had. Like Rachel, I also feel like everyone has their beliefs or connections to their spiritual lives that work for them, and it really doesn't matter to me what their particular spiritual belief system is, or if they really even think about it much at all. All that's really important to me is how people treat each other. I find it something deeply personal, and with close friends I've had discussions and I always find people's journeys fascinating, emotional, spiritual, whatever. People are fascinating, and I learn so much from people who have had vastly different life experiences than me. And I think this is a huge enrichment and gift to our lives to learn from each other, other foods, other cultures, other holidays, experiences, all of it. Now, like Rachel, I am Caucasian and I dress very Western, and so that's a term we call passing. I pass as the majority when I'm just out around town. No one knows my religious practice is one of a very small minority, actually only about 3% of the people here in the US, unless they ask or happen to know that about me. Now I will say life as a Jewish person is different and honestly harder than it was when I was not. And I share this just to add some awareness and sensitivity to the experience of minorities. Now we're lucky to live in a day and time when we are relatively safe, but I still do have experiences of anti-Semitism. And I'm very aware that there are people out there in the world who would want me and my children dead simply because we identify as Jewish. Now on the lighter side of these experiences was a group of high school and middle school kids from a community activity where they were representing this community at an event. They were leaders for the younger kids and one of the high school kids proceeded to tell an anti-Semitic joke. He was surrounded by middle school kids at the table, so he's an influence on them. Now, I don't really care what people think or say or do in the privacy of their own homes. I mean, yes, it would be nice if they didn't think or say those things about other groups of people that are hurtful and potentially harmful. And in this case, spreading those harmful thoughts to younger kids. But there's only so much I can do. I'm not going to wipe out any ism in my lifetime, but I can do my best to bring light to it. And so that's what I did. I waited after the joke to see if any of the other kids would step up and say or do the right thing to say something about that it's not funny or it's not cool, but of course no one did, so I did. Now my problem with it was like I already shared that he was influencing these younger kids, but at the same time, they're in a community setting as mentors and leaders to kids as young as five. And all of these kids and families are sitting right there, eating nearby, running around and playing. Now my kids just happened to be sitting with me as well sitting right there beside this table. They're six, four, and four. Now, luckily they didn't hear the joke, and even if they had, I don't think they would have understood it. But I called it out, just not on the kid who told the joke, but all the other kids sitting around to and listening to it. And I would have done the same thing had it been a joke about any other group. I also brought it up to the adult leaders as well. So they did talk about it with this group of kids, and this was pretty minor. But there are other pieces of being Jewish that are more difficult for me. The first is I do honestly get uncomfortable when we go to services. If you've ever been to or driven by a Jewish temple or synagogue, and my guess is that mosques are very similar, you'll notice that most of them, even in our very small, relatively safe community, will have a tall chain link or other fence around the property and guards out front. But if someone really decided they wanted to cause damage, this isn't going to stop them. 
So I do feel that every time I attend services or take my kids to temple for services or Hebrew school, that they are at an increased risk. But I'm not gonna let this fear stop me from doing what I should be able to do peacefully. And I hope someday in some generation, this isn't the reality, but this is the reality for most Muslims and Jews in the Western world. And then I imagine life as a person who doesn't pass, be they gay, a person of color, who dresses based on their cultural or country of origin, or any other number of things that they cannot hide, or, and they choose not to in their day-to-day -day lives. I do realize the advantages that I do have in that way. Now the good news is there are some really great and fun things that you can do to help your kids learn these great traits of acceptance, tolerance, and even curiosity about other religions, cultures, holidays, foods, etc. And I'll get to these right after a word from our sponsor. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge. But finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD, online visits, refills, and a 24-7 care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one-minute free assessment to see if Done can help, two, booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow, three, start receiving ongoing care, enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry-free refills, and 24-7 care. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to better focus now at get.donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one -on -one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. 
Now that we're back after the break, let's get to the things you can do to help teach kids family values around tolerance of others who may look, think, or act differently than they do. Now, I think we hope that our kids will learn just from osmosis on some of these things by seeing how we are or who we are in the world. While it is an important piece, it's really a small piece because these are things that we don't get to show our kids every day, day in and day out. And so it's really important to do this with intention. And that means taking some extra steps to help our kids understand how and why these are part of our values. Now, I know Rachel shared that her community is relatively homogenous, but in instances when you can, and I'm not saying go out and specifically seek out friendships based on their color of skin or religious practice, just so that you have an example to hold up to your kids. But when you do have friendships that are with people of differing ethnicities, cultures, races, abilities, sexual orientations, etc., than your own, that is an example to your kids. If you can, have the families together if they have a family, or if he or she is single, have him or her over. Ask questions about the holidays they celebrate or traditional foods that they eat. Allow your kids to ask questions about what it is like to be them, to be Muslim, to be Jewish, or to have two or more dads, or whatever the case may be. In general and in the world we live in, whatever curiosity questions they have. Children are amazing at asking these questions that adults are so afraid to ask. If they say something that could be construed as inappropriate, you can do it or allow your friends to help explain to them a different way to ask a question to get to the answer they're seeking and why asking in a particular way may be seen as offensive. But most kids are really amazing at asking questions in such a curious and innocent way that allows us all to open up and learn. You can also talk about your friends of different races and backgrounds and what you've learned from them about their culture and their life experience and how it's helped you reflect on yours and your understanding of yourself and other people in the world. Now here we're really lucky in our community. It used to be very homogenous, but it has become more and more diverse. We also live outside of Los Angeles, which is a very diverse city in and of itself. And luckily for us, it has become, it's not even a suburb, we're actually separate from from the city or even the suburbs. There's a bit of a space between us and the, other, and the next suburb that's actually linked, all linked in with the Los Angeles area. But more and more minorities have been drawn to the area because of the school system, because of the safety. And I posted a few pictures of the district math field day event that our oldest son participated in on my Instagram account at ironmom2020. And you can see the diversity, which is really nice to see including lots of girls, which I love seeing so many girls at the math field day also. But if your family and kids are not surrounded by diversity, and if it's a priority for you, you're going to have to work a little harder to get outside your community and engage with people. And I give some ways to do this in just a moment, but read books from the earliest ages with characters of different ethnic backgrounds. One of the first books I ever got from my oldest son was called Global Babies. I got this when he was a very small infant. It's a little board book with pictures of babies from around the world in their traditional dress. So from the earliest age, he would get exposed to seeing different skin tones, eye shapes, face shapes, hair textures, and ways of dress, and more as just a way to introduce for him and understand that we're all people around the world with parents and families who love us. 
Some ideas for other books for kids in preschool to get you started include Todd Parr, P-A-R-R, does some great books about all kinds of things, and he has a couple of them about diversity. It's Okay to be Different and The Family Book. A few other great books for preschoolers is The Skin You Live In, Lovely, and Strictly No Elephants. A couple of books for kids from K to grade two, Red, A Crayon Story, We Are Family, and Last Stop on Market Street. These are just a few of so many options and I have a handout on the website with a great list of books including a lot more options for preschoolers and the list extends up through high school grades so options for grades 3 to 5, 6 to 8, and 9 to 12. So kids of any age can continue reading and learning about the experiences of others. Now these books include not just those of different cultural or ethnic or racial backgrounds but life circumstances like a parent who has cancer. This is obviously for older kids. It's in the older kids section children of differing abilities, both mental and physical, socioeconomic differences, you name it. It pretty much covers the gamut and really can help widen a child's perspective and understanding of different people in the world. And to get the printout for the list of books, you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash teaching dash diversity. You can also watch movies and TV shows and discuss them. And this one is also a book that happens to be on the list I just mentioned, but we watched the movie Wonder with our kids about a boy who was born disfigured and had to have multiple surgeries to try to correct it. Even after multiple surgeries, he still didn't look like most other kids, and he was teased when he started school after he'd been homeschooled for his entire school career up to, I think, I don't know, his fifth grade, sixth grade. We discussed afterwards how he may have felt in certain situations and what choices the other kids could have made to be kinder and more accepting to Augie, which is the boy's name in the book. Wonder is better for kids in second, third grade and up, but here are just a few movies and TV shows you can watch with your kids and discuss starting with the preschool ages. The movie Moana, on TV, Dora or Go Diego Go, they're both educational and they can learn a little bit about other languages and culture. Ni Hao Kailan is another great show for preschoolers and early elementary kids about bilingualism and multiculturalism. And of course, you can never go wrong and forget about Sesame Street. For elementary and even older kids, movies like Aquila and the Bee, The Secret Life of Bees, and these last two have sports figures in them and could be good for engaging boys who may not otherwise be interested in more touchy-feely movies, or at least touchy-feely, they look touchy-feely on the surface. Remember the Titans and 42, the number 42. Another way to open up kids' worlds to the amazing diversity that the world has to offer is to attend events celebrating other cultures and holidays. Now, living in LA, this is really easy for us. We've taken our kids to Chinatown for Chinese New Year, eaten in the traditional restaurants down there, and seen the big display of dancing and costumes for Chinese New Year, as well as arts and crafts. We've been to Japantown, Koreatown, and down to the African American Museum on Martin Luther King Day, all celebrating in the same types of ways, the same activities that really get the kids involved. Um, we've taken our oldest son to a Ramadan service and break fast. We've had a Jewish-Muslim interfaith dinner at a community center here in our town. And these are such amazing opportunities to connect and build friendships. Now, you can always call and check, but most mosques and temples are very inviting to anyone 
who wants to come anytime, but it's especially great to come during a special holiday and can be really fun because they offer crafts, games, and food a lot of times and celebrate the traditions and share in the meal and gives lots of opportunities to not just experience, but ask lots of questions. Now, for some communities, it might be a little harder to find this, but almost any community is going to have something, a Cinco de Mayo, a section of town that has a Hispanic population, Asian populations. So if you look around, it should be pretty easy to find a few things throughout the year that you can um, go out and celebrate. And given that you probably just want to get out and have new experiences with your kids, this is something you're going to do anyway. So why not make it a multicultural experience? You can get out and try different ethnic foods. My two boys are good friends with two brothers, also the very same ages as them, whose family is Indian. Their parents moved here from India and their mom makes the best food. We went to the younger boy's birthday party and there were friends and relatives in traditional dress. We played a game where the kids, the boys, would put as many dots on the mom's faces as they could and the one who put the most dots on within the allotted time was the winner. There was Indian dancing and of course, great Indian food. And these experiences are irreplaceable. I know not everyone has this type of opportunity, but just even going to different restaurants, and admittedly my kids are not big fans of Indian food yet, except for the naan bread. I think most of it's a little too spicy, but my oldest loves Thai food. So he's been exposed to that and knows that he loves Thai food. We've made a tradition now of going to one of our favorite Thai restaurants after his swim meets in a town pretty close to here, about 45 minutes away in Camarillo. He has swim meets there about four times a year and he loves going to this Thai restaurant after his meets. My daughter is also a little more adventurous with food than my boys are, so I took her to a Japanese restaurant for a girl's lunch one day. I got her teriyaki chicken and I got sushi, and she actually wanted to try the sushi and ate two pieces of it and barely touched her own meal. And She would have eaten more if I would have let her, but I wanted to eat my food. I was hungry. And lastly, for Rachel or anyone else in or near Christchurch, if you have the time and the inclination, reach out to your Muslim community, either the one close to you or the one in Christchurch. Let them know you're there for them. Ask them what you can do and what they need. Chances are, in the ones involved in the tragedy, that there are families who lost loved ones who could use support and help. Food, clothing, diapers, who knows? But ask and they will tell you. You can reach out to the leaders of the mosque, to the imam and anybody else who's working at the mosque, and they'll gladly tell you what the community needs right now. You can send cards and deliver them with messages of condolence, support, and love. You can have your kids make out some cards, explain to them in age-appropriate ways that this community was targeted by hate and people who weren't very nice to them and that they could really use their support and let them know that you're thinking of them and care about them and that you want them as part of your community. And just to understand that for them, practicing their religion together in their place of worship can be unfortunately dangerous. Let them know that this is not the world you want and that you support them. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.